Good morning, church. What an incredible blessing to start the week off with all of you, to start the week in worship and in praise, studying scripture and encouraging and being encouraged by each other. So thank you for participating in our worship assembly this morning, whether you're here in person or you're, you're participating online. I love you and I appreciate you so very much. It, it pains me to confess my, my sins to you, but, but it's good for me to do that, um, especially when I'm confessing things that deal with my parenting, and I have my kids sitting right over here, okay? So, so y'all can just ignore this part, but uh, this is the only time I give you permission to my sons to ignore my sermon. But, but there are times, there are times, and I'm sure you can relate to this, whether as a parent or as a child or any relation in the family, there are times when I either walk into a room or I call my boys into the room and I ask questions, questions that are like, how could you, or why did you, or when will you, and even though I'm asking questions, I'm, I'm not really seeking truth, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm pretty sure I already know the truth. And sometimes I do, sometimes I know the truth, sometimes I have all the facts, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm making assumptions, and I'm wrong in my assumptions. Okay, y'all can start listening now, but, uh, but, but it's true. Sometimes I'm wrong in my assumptions, so I'm asking questions, but, but my mind is already made up. Have you been there? You, you may have heard this saying before, I've, I've made up my mind, don't confuse me with the facts. And, and it's really easy when we hear statements like that to think, yeah, I know some people like that. I know some people that kind of make up their mind and they, they decide what they believe and they, they, they make assumptions even though they don't have all the facts and they don't want to be confused with the facts. I'm not talking about those people, okay? I'm not talking about those people. Whoever you might think those people are, people that disagree with you politically, maybe people in your own family, maybe people at a different church, maybe people in this church, maybe, maybe your spouse, maybe your kids, and you think, yeah, yeah, they kind of make up their mind and they don't want to hear anything else. They don't want to hear any other things that might disagree with them. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. And I'm talking about our tendency, your tendency, my tendency to be this way. To say, I've already made up my mind, don't confuse me with the facts. I, I know what I believe, I don't want to hear anything else. And, and, and this may kind of come out even when we're studying scripture. Even when we're sitting in a Bible class. Even when we're listening to a sermon. Even when someone in our family, somebody who loves us, confronts us with something. Someone who's challenging us and saying, hey, hey, listen. What you believe isn't right, or what you're doing is wrong, or, or you actually need to be doing more of this thing, and they're challenging what we're doing, or what we're not doing, or what we're believing, or what we're not believing, and it's really easy for us. There are so many of us, if we're not careful, this will be our default. I've already made up my mind, don't confuse me with the facts. I don't, I don't want to hear anything else because I've already drawn my conclusions. And why is it that we do that? 
Sometimes, I think this is why, sometimes we avoid learning because we're afraid of how much the truth might turn our world upside down. Isn't that true? Sometimes we are, we are afraid to learn new things. Sometimes we avoid learning new things. We avoid learning things that contradict what we're already doing or what we already believe because deep down inside, we're afraid. We're afraid of how this truth, we're afraid of how this idea might turn our world upside down if it turns out to be true. And so it's easier to just put our fingers in our ears and say, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. And of course, we justify it in all kinds of ways, don't we? We say, well, I don't like how they said that to me, or I don't like this person. I don't like where this information is coming from. I, 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 it just is confusing to me. They use too many words. We, we justify it all kinds of ways. And sometimes we, we actually get angry, don't we? We get angry. We say, I'm not going to listen to that. But sometimes we have to take a, a good, long, hard look in the mirror. Say, why, why are we avoiding this information? Could, could it be that we're afraid that if this is true, if we really were to examine this and study this and think about this, that if this turns out to be true, it might turn our world upside down and we just don't want to deal with that. Could we at least be honest could we at least be honest and say, I don't want that to be true. I'm avoiding it because I don't want it to be true. And then maybe if we're honest like that, maybe then it will cause us to take the next step and say, but is it true? Is it true? And, and should my life be turned upside down? Because this is what the gospel does. The gospel turns our world upside down because it is true. But sometimes there are always those of us who avoid the implications of the gospel, who avoid pieces of the gospel or avoid the gospel entirely because we don't want it to be true because if it's true, it's going to turn our world upside down. We talked last week about the people, the, the Thessalonians, the people in Thessalonica. And you remember those people, that they, they listened for weeks to Paul preaching the gospel. He came to the synagogue and he preached for three weeks about the gospel. And they listened, but they didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to believe it. They, they shut their ears to the truth. In fact, they got so angry about it that they stirred up a mob and they attacked the person who was housing the apostles. And then they, they ended up driving them out of town because they didn't want it to be true. They avoided learning the truth because they knew that if this is true, if Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, if this crucified Jesus is the Messiah, if he's the Christ, it would absolutely turn our world upside down and we don't want it to be true. And so they avoided learning the truth. They avoided listening to the truth because they didn't want the truth to be true. Because if it was true, it would turn their world upside down. And they were just fine with their world the way it was. And that's our problem sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes our problem is, I like things the way they are. 
I like believing what I already believe. I like doing what I'm already doing. I, I like not doing what I'm already not doing. And I don't want anybody telling me I have to change. And so we avoid listening to anyone who says we need to change what we believe or what we're doing because we don't want our world turned upside down because we like it the way it is. But this week we're going to talk about a different group of Jewish people, a group of people who are very different than the Thessalonians. Look at Acts chapter 17 and verse 10. Acts 17 and verse 10. So, of course, they're driven out of Thessalonica, and it says the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. So Berea is about 50 miles from Thessalonica, which doesn't sound like far to us, but that's about a three-day journey from Thessalonica to Berea, and, and of course, they, they went there after being driven out, and it says in verse 11, now these Jews, the ones in Berea, were more, what? Noble, more noble than those in Thessalonica. Now, now this word noble, it could mean a lot of different things, but one of the things that it could mean is that they were open-minded. Open-minded. It's an interesting word, isn't it? Open-minded. They're, they're willing to, to think about something new. These Jewish people in Berea were very different than the people in Thessalonica because these people were open-minded. They were willing to listen and really listen. Listen in a way that said, I'm going to examine this stuff. I'm going to think about this stuff. And if it's true, I, I want to adopt it. I want to accept it. I want to bring it into my life. I want to bring my life in conformity with this truth. They were open-minded people. And, and Luke is contrasting the people in Berea with the people in Thessalonica. He's saying the people in Thessalonica were not noble. Why were they not noble? Because they were not open-minded, and the opposite of open-minded is closed-minded. They, they were religious people. They were Bible people. They read the Scriptures too. But they were closed-minded people. They didn't want to listen to this. They didn't want to accept this. Because this, this message that Paul was preaching would disrupt their life too much. If this message that Paul was preaching was true, it would turn their world upside down and they didn't want their world to be turned upside down. It would change things too much and they didn't want things to change. They were comfortable with the status quo. They were comfortable with the, thing, with the way things were. And so they closed their mind to the truth. But the people in Berea were different. They were noble. They were open-minded. They were willing to consider this new information, even if it might turn their world upside down. Even if it might change things. Even if it might disrupt things. They were willing to listen and consider the truth. It says, they received the word with all, what? Eagerness. They received Paul's message, this gospel that he's proclaiming. They received it with all eagerness. That word eagerness means having goodwill and absence of prejudice. Having goodwill and absence of prejudice. They didn't, they didn't make up their mind before Paul started speaking. We do that sometimes, don't we? 
We do that. When somebody comes to us and they tell us that we're wrong, they tell us we need to change, they tell us we need to believe something that we didn't already believe, they tell us we need to do something that we weren't already doing, they tell us we need to stop doing something that we were doing, sometimes we prejudice ourselves against what they're saying and we say, I'm not going to believe this. No matter what they say, no matter what their arguments are, no matter how persuasive they may be, I've already decided they're wrong. And the people in Berea weren't like that. They didn't prejudice themselves against the truth. They listened. They, They didn't listen to critique. They didn't listen to criticize. They didn't listen to argue. They listened to ask, is this true? Is this true? Sometimes we listen to things, don't we? We might sit in a Bible class. We might sit through a sermon. We might listen to our spouse. We might listen to our family members who are trying to share something with us and we're really only listening to them in order to argue with them, in order to find holes in what they're saying, in order to critique them, in order to criticize them. Not asking, wait, what if what they're saying is true? What if what they're saying turns out to be good news for me? What if what they're saying could actually make my life better if I listened, if I believed it, if I accepted it, if I made the changes that need to be made? And that's what the people in Berea did. They received the word with eagerness. They said, tell us more. Tell us more. Tell us more. We want to know, is this true? And if it's true, we want to hear it. If it's true, we want to change our lives accordingly. And it says that they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So it's not that they were so open-minded that they were gullible. We don't want to be like that, do we? They weren't gullible. They weren't naive. They... They listened, and then they they went to the scriptures, and they said, are these things so? In other words, are these things true? Is this true? They checked it with scripture. They practiced biblical discernment. They listened eagerly. They said, I've got an open mind. I haven't prejudiced myself against the truth. If this is true, I want to know it. If this is true, I want to hear it even if it changes things, even if it disrupts things, even if it turns my world upside down, even if this isn't what I believed before, even if this isn't what I was doing before, even if this is going to require more of me, if it's true, I want to hear it. They were open-minded. And then they went to the scriptures and they said, is this true? Are these things so? Is that the way we listen? Is that the way you listen? When you sit in a Bible class, when you, when you listen to a sermon, when your friend comes to you, when your family comes to you and says, I have something i got to share with you and it's kind of tough. Do you say, tell me more? I've got an open mind. I, I'm not going to prejudice myself against the truth before you say it. Do you listen eagerly? Are you noble? And then do you search the scriptures to say, if this is true, then it will align with what God has revealed about himself and his will in the scriptures? Do you examine the scriptures to say, are these things so? Is this true? It says in verse 12, 
Many of them, therefore, therefore, because they were noble and they received the word with eagerness and they examined the scriptures daily, many of them, therefore, believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. I mean, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? The gospel is it's reasonable, isn't it? And the gospel is true. The gospel is true. And it does turn things upside down. It changes everything. It changes what we believe. It changes what we don't do. It changes what we do. It changes our, our past. It changes our present. It changes our future. It changes everything. But the thing about it is, it is true. And if people are willing to be noble, if people are willing to be open-minded, if people are willing to examine the scriptures to see if these things are so, if people are willing to receive the word with eagerness, then many will believe. But it requires all of us, doesn't it? To be noble, to be open-minded, to be willing to listen, even after we think we, we already know. I already, I already know about Jesus. I already know the gospel. We, we sometimes get to a point where we say, I've already arrived, right? I'm, I'm already doing it. I'm, I'm already believing and following. I got it all down. But there's always more to learn, isn't there? There's always more that Jesus says, okay, yes, you're here, but I, I want you to take the next step. What's that next step for you? And if there's somebody in your life trying to encourage you to take that next step, next step, growth, growth requires change. So many of us say, well, I, I want to grow, but I'm not really interested in changing. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, does it? Growth is change. And when there are people in your life trying to encourage you to grow, then you've got to be like the Bereans. You've got to be open-minded. You, you have to receive the word with eagerness. And you have to examine the scriptures to see whether or not these things are so. And if they are so, if they are true. So let's say don't accept things that aren't true. Of course you wouldn't accept things that aren't true. But if they are true, then let it turn your world upside down then let it disrupt things. Then let it change things. Because Jesus changes things in your life for the better. But it's scary, isn't it? It's scary to let Jesus turn our world upside down. To say, Jesus, I'm really supposed to be more generous than I'm already being? I'm supposed to be more sacrificial than I'm already being? I'm supposed to be more sanctified than I'm already being? I'm supposed to deny myself even more than I'm already denying myself? And sometimes the answer is absolutely yes. But that change that Jesus brings to our life will only make our life better. But sometimes we're terrified of it and we don't want to accept it or listen to it because we like our life the way that it is. But Jesus wants us to grow and growth requires change. Look at verse 13. But when the Jews from Thessalonica, we remember those guys from last week, right? When the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, 
they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds, doing the same thing in Berea that they did in Thessalonica. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. These people traveled three days' journey to go to Berea to say, don't listen to these people. It's really easy, isn't it? To go from, I'm not going to listen to this, to nobody should listen to this. I'm not going to believe this, to nobody should believe this. And they, they, tried, to, they tried to stop the truth from being proclaimed. But our theme this year is unstoppable, isn't it? Because that's what we see in the book of Acts. The message of the gospel, the message of Jesus, the mission of Jesus is unstoppable. And even though they did everything within their power to say nobody should listen to this, nobody should believe this, nobody should accept this, it continued to spread. Why? Because it is true. Because it is true. And there were people who were willing to allow the truth to change them, who were willing to nobly, open-mindedly, eagerly receive the word and then examine the scriptures to say, are these things so? And when they were willing to do that, they were saved even though it turned their world upside down. I, I think so much about what James says in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 19. It goes hand in hand with what we see in Berea. James wrote, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You see what James is saying? The, the people in Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, they were quick to become angry, weren't they? They were quick to become angry. They said, I don't, I don't want this to be true. I don't want you to say this. Not only do I not want to believe this, I don't want you to say this to anybody else. This makes me mad, and I don't want to accept it. They were quick to become angry. But the people in Berea, they were quick to hear. They were slow to speak, and they were slow to get angry. And they were willing to receive the word with meekness. I love that word, don't you? Meekness. What is meekness? Meekness is when someone hurts you and you don't hurt them back. That's meekness. Well, what is that? How do you receive the word with meekness? Well, sometimes when you receive the word, it hurts, doesn't it? It steps on our toes. It kind of makes us mad. It offends us. And we say, you can't talk to me that way. You can't say that. You can't say I need to change what I believe. Who are you to tell me I need to change what I believe? Who are you to say, I need to do this thing less, or I need to do that thing more? Who are you to say this to me? And James says, whoa, 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 before you speak, before you get mad, listen. Be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry and receive the word with meekness. Because if you're willing to receive the truth this way, 
If you're willing to be noble, open-minded, and eagerly receive the word and examine the scriptures to see if these things are so, then this implanted word is able to save your soul. See, the people in Thessalonica rejected salvation because it hurt too much. They rejected salvation because it would change things too much. They rejected salvation because it would turn their world upside down too much, and they liked their world the way that it was. Thank you very much. But the people in Berea said, if my world needs to change, let it change. If my world needs to be turned upside down, then turn it upside down. If my status quo needs to be disrupted, then disrupt it all day long, Lord. If this is true, then I want to believe it. So here's my encouragement for us this week. What if we said something like this to ourselves every day? I want to know the truth, no matter how much it disrupts my life. What if, what if we had that attitude that said, I want to know the truth, no matter how much it changes things. I want to know the truth no matter how much it turns my world upside down. I want to know the truth no matter how much it disrupts things. What if we were to be like the people in Berea, to be noble, open-minded, eagerly receiving the word, and then examining the scriptures to see whether or not these things are so? If we, if we do that, James says, if we receive the word with meekness, it is able to save our soul. Jesus wants to save us, not only save us, like forgive our sins, that's part of it, but he wants to save us from our sins, from continuing in our sins. He wants to save us from being enslaved to these things. He wants to save us from being enslaved to our lust. He wants to save us from being enslaved to our greed and our covetousness and our materialism. He wants to save us from these things. And when he, he shares the truth with us, sometimes it offends us and it hurts us. And so we got to have meekness to say sometimes I need to be hurt. Sometimes things need to change. Sometimes things need to be disrupted. Sometimes things need to be turned upside down. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth, no matter how much it disrupts my life. What if we decided, I'm done being afraid of the truth. I'm done avoiding the truth. I'm done shying away from the truth. I'm done plugging my ears. I'm done being offended when my toes get stepped on. I want to know the truth. I want to hear the truth, no matter how much it disrupts my life. Maybe you know this morning. Maybe, you, maybe you've known for a while something needs to change. And maybe every time it's come up, every time a preacher shared it with you, every time a teacher shared it with you, every time somebody in your life and your family has shared it with you and said, hey, you need to stop doing that. That thing that you're doing is wrong. Or you need to start doing this thing. Why don't you do this thing that you know is right and good? Or what you believe on this thing needs to change. Or you need to be baptized or whatever it is. And you know that change needs to happen. But you've been avoiding it because you, you weren't ready for your life to be so disrupted. 
I guarantee you, Jesus only disrupts our life for the better. For the better. I know sometimes we're comfortable with the way things are, but Jesus wants us to grow. Jesus wants us to be saved. Jesus wants our life to be better. Maybe, maybe not better the way that people think about better. Maybe not better in the short term, but certainly better in the long term. Jesus wants to turn your world upside down. But it only gets better if we're willing to trust and obey. And maybe we can help you with that this morning. Maybe you're ready for your life to be disrupted. Maybe, maybe you just need prayers or encouragement. Maybe you're ready to be baptized into Jesus. We're here for you. Our shepherds would love to pray with you in the prayer room where you could come forward now. As together we stand and sing this song.